Hello and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, episode... Oh fuck, what episode is 173. this? 173. 173? Ah. <laughs> I'm Chris, and joining reaction me as, there. Yeah. I'm Chris, and joining me as always are... Ames. Caitlin? Maybe Jake. <laughs> We're all very unsure. Who knows? The, the world is still berserk. The world is still berserk. We're still doing this virtually. And, and who boy, is it going to be great in four years? Yeah, I was going to say, and apparently Star Trek has correctly uh, predicted exactly what life is going to be like in four years. So that's disconcerting. Yes. Yeah, somehow the technology goes back in time. Well, I was that, really angry. I was really angry at their computers. I was like, bullshit, we got Surface Pros now, bitch. about chris yes exactly what i was about to segue to if you haven't guessed yet we are talking about the eerily prescient past tense parts one and two so in past tense the defiant is going to earth to talk at some sort of symposium about the gamma quadrant but due to techno babble when cisco bashir and dax beam down to earth they also beam down through time Whoa. and wind up in Frisco 2024. August 31st. I think it's the 30th. 30th. It's the 30th. It August were bad times. Bad, yes. It's bad August 30th, times. 2024. Uh, Frisco has an insane homelessness problem. Uh, insane and between... homeless. Insane yeah. in the membrane. Yeah. Insane uh, you know, the gap. Membrane. The gap between rich and poor is worse than it's ever been. Uh, like I said, eerily prescient. Pretty Connecticut um, up in this bitch. Yeah. So Cisco and Bashir are swept up by the uh, local fuzz. who Racist? You know, Ill- yes. <laughs> oh, goodness, yes. Who, you know, oh, it's illegal to sleep outside and they bring them to the sanctuary. Uh, but it's not like a sanctuary city as you and I think of it, where, you know, it's cities who are like, fuck off, we won't hand over our undocumented immigrants. It's, this is where we put people who don't have jobs, uh, where we pretend to care for them, but really don't. Meanwhile, Dax got lucky. She, whereas Cisco and uh, Bashir got beamed down next to a subway entrance, she was beamed down at the foot of it and uh, found by uh, David Bowie's stunt double. Chris Brinner. Yes, Brinner, who turns out to be like some kind of telecom. He's basically tr- Elon Musk, right? No, he seems to be strictly telecom. Like he's more, um, I don't know, I guess he feels like a, a, a less... Who's the guy that has Virgin Mobile? Yeah, yeah, Branson. maybe kind of like him, Branson, except even he wants to go to space. He's, he's... I want to go to space. A, yeah, who doesn't? Yes, but all of today's trillionaires want to go to space. He doesn't, he just wants to be internet guy. Um, does? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's all about, like, the internet and various... He goes on about his licenses and everything. Uh, He got a stupid tattoo in the 90s. 
But, you know, so so Jadzia gets to go to fancy parties with asshole rich people and get a silly haircut in an ugly 2024 suit. And guys- Ugly? Fuck you! She looked great! And you're- she looked- Apparently Europe was really having some trouble Just, too. Yeah, falling to pieces. Wild. Well, the jacket was good. I didn't like the vest or the neck thing, but we'll get to that. I, I thought like, her um, hair was awful. Oh, the hair was terrible. Yeah, Very flapper, hair. but in a bad way. Anyway, meanwhile, Not even flapper. Uh, it was fucking Lord Farquaad. Mm, meanwhile, uh, Bashir <laughs> and and Cisco are literally slumming it. You know, they get checked into this place, and it's. You know, they, they have to spend their first night sleeping rough because they can't find anywhere indoors. You know, Cisco's like, Julian, I know you're upset, but for Christ's sakes, don't fuck with history. Oh, Garrick uh, they... would have let him fuck with history like, whoa. So hard. He misses Garrick but, um, so much. So much. But, uh, you know, they then, you know, have to let Johnny Depp um, rob a guy. Kill and, a guy. Uh, nearly, yeah, yeah. They they end up befriending this dude Wells when Web, Julian's but, all Web. I mean, thank you. Wait, I have a question though. Why don't they want to alter history? What's the big fucking deal? I, I'll get to that. But uh, this is a fucking complex episode. Can they just kill Edith Keeler again? Is that an option? Not this time. Damn no. it! So you know they befriend this dude Web because his son is like injured, but Julian's like, don't worry. As long as this doesn't get infected, he'll be fine. Uh, and it, it it doesn't, so he's fine. So Cisco has worked out, you know, that this is very shortly before the infamous Bell Riots, which finally kind of clued people into how horrible these sanctuary uh, areas were and would, would begin sort of social change just in time for World War III to really force everyone's hand. So Yeah, the timeline becomes very interesting. We'll have to talk about that. Yeah, but it all gets kicked off when some, some people at Processing Center are taken hostage, and this guy, uh, Gabriel Bell, famously keeps any of them from being killed. The place gets stormed because of rumors of the hostages having been killed, though, and Bell dies in the process, and it's this whole thing. Everything goes hor- horribly wrong when uh, Johnny Depp appears again, B.C., Biddle, and, uh, Biddle Coleridge. Biddle, yes, Biddle Coleridge. guy. Ah, god really, damn that guy. Really has a thing for Errol Flynn, apparently. And Jedzia. Yeah, uh, but who doesn't in this fucking show? Mm. Um, Benjamin. Benjamin true. does not, thank God. And rightly so. Anyway, he goes to, like, rob Julian and a fight breaks out. And this random guy shows up and helps and gets stabbed. And, oh, fuck, it's Gabriel Bell and he's dead. Shortly oh, thereafter, oh. the, um... And it's all Cisco's fault. Hmm. Kind of. And, uh, so then, you know, when the hostage crisis actually happens, Cisco shows up claiming to be Bell. Julian's all, but Bell's supposed to die, and Cisco's like, oh, yeah. There um, is this great shot of him having the realization of, like, oh, yeah, fuck. I didn't yeah, think this through. Just because no one knows I'm not Bell, and he's starting to think about bootstrap paradoxes, I'm sure. Um, What's of that? We'll get to that. It, it finish basically finish just, the synopsis. Okay, we'll finish that's the what synopsis. I was gonna, that's what I was going to do. Do it. He's trying really hard in spite of us. It's, I, a, I it's, a, so, it's a two-parter. They're hard. Yeah. So, you know, then most of the second episode is just Ben playing the role of Bell, keeping BC from killing any hostages. Webb, who was already trying to be a community organizer anyway, gets pulled into this and becomes him and Cisco as Bell sort of become the face of it. Jedzia, meanwhile works out, oh, they might be in the Sanctuary District. So she breaks in through the sewers, 
Ron Howard kidnaps her Clint. and brings her to... Clint. Yes, Clint Howard kidnaps <laughs> and brings her to BC. She's allowed to leave because she's like, oh man, I bet David Bowie would let you get on the internet and tell your story. Which one are we uh, saying is David Bowie? Chris Brenner. Brenner, okay. Yeah. I, I, he, I am he, not seeing it, He so. doesn't look anything like David Bowie. Well, I, I, the first time I said it, I said it's David Bowie's stunt double because he's got a very similarly shaped head as, and David, as hair. David Bowie did his did his own stunts. Did he? No, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he looks he looks quite a bit like 80s Bowie. Okay, go on, um, go on. Uh, Brenner. Yeah, Brenner. So Ben's like, yeah, no, I remember history said like the the residents were able to get online and tell their stories, but we're blocked out and Jazia's like, oh, I know who can help. And again, really, you're starting to realize, wait a minute. So she gets back to Brenner, who's all like, I'll lose my license, and uh, I want to, but, you know, he wants to do the right and thing. And she's got and also tits. Be good because he had a tattoo and, once, guys. He had a tattoo yeah, once, she's and got now he's crazy. a sellout. So people are on there telling their stories. That thing, these sanctuary things are, are largely, you know, no one there is, is a criminal. They don't allow criminals in there. They're, they're people who just don't have work or are um, very mentally ill. Except that one that Lee let in. Lee. Yes. Yes. You know, history eventually happens. The National Guard busts in. They kill some unnamed extras. NBC. Thank God. And Webb. Um, oh, wait. Did BC and, die? How did I miss oh, that? Because it was so quick and you didn't get to enjoy it as much as I wanted to. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, because I mean, like, they, they definitely telegraphed it, right? With, like, the hat and, like, the loose oh, yeah. on you, kid, whatever. Like, yeah. plus he was psycho the whole time. So you knew it was he coming. Was. But I totally missed it. And then this cranky old guard jumps out to be like we're not dead you idiots and ben jumps in the way of a bullet but it's not fatal and then um Just, as they're all kind of leaving the guard has finally had a change of heart to be like wow this does kind of suck is there anything we can do you saved my life and ben's like you could let us go he's like okay here give me your id cards i'll tell everybody you died and ben's like nice loophole remember the name is gabriel bell Cannot Gabriel emphasize Bell. that enough. But this is my face. In fact, take my picture so that everyone knows it's my <laughs> yes. face. Yeah. Hang on and a that, second, yes. Chris. What has everyone on Deep Space Nine been doing all this time? Stupid bullshit. I don't know, but because they've been on the Defiant. Yeah, there was a very wow. minor B plot. What a fucking where... pedant. <laughs> I don't know. Quark called up at one point. Oh, that's right. He ah. did. Um, Just a reminder that it's in my writer to be in this episode, <laughs> says Armin Shimmerman. I mean, it legit might have been like, oh shit, we're required to put arm in an X number of episodes per season. You think I was joking? Yeah. This is also one uh, of very few episodes that don't have any scenes on Deep Space Nine. Both of them. That's true. Both episodes. True. So yes, on DS9, they're trying to figure out where the crew went. On the Defiant. <laughs> on the Defiant. Damn it, Ames, you fucked me up. Um, well, you deserve it because you were such a prick about it before. That is true. But I didn't mean it. I know. Um, I did. Yeah. <laughs> What was I saying? Oh, yeah. On the Defiant. So O'Brien, like, kind of works everything out. He's like, oh, chronotons and fucking subspace anomalies and doodly-doo. So they start beaming to random points. Well, their plan is to beam to random points in time and try to find them. And Starfleet's like, no. But then Starfleet vanishes because timeline. Um, Yep, they went the way of Marty McFly in that picture. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, or it's almost like a cold run for first contact. So since Starfleet isn't there to tell them to not do it, they do it. Yeah. First city on the edge of forever, too. Yeah. They eventually beam to the right place after some comedy, in air quotes, moments. And, 
Yeah, it's really not important. Very important. And then Chris means. back back on the ship, Julian's all like, hey, so uh, I looked up Gabriel Bell, Cisco, and look, and sure enough, there's Cisco. In look at, a picture look at that, this yeah, handsome mug. Where did that picture come he from? Is it JCPenney? Yeah, because like the only picture we know was taken of him was in the processing center, which was indoors, and he was, was still in his. Uh, and every yeah, and other... he was still in his. Somebody uniform. put on a Zoom background for him. <laughs> well, yes, but he Topical. was also at that in the photo in the uh, history book. He's in civilian clothes, not his uniform. So it, well, yeah, it's weird. Oh, you know what? It could have maybe the um, maybe it was a like really a, good CG yeah. artists. Oh, we don't have like, a good picture of this guy. Or we have we have the one from his processing center, so we'll we'll create a well, portrait of what he would have looked like during the riots. Yeah, but that doesn't make sense because they showed the body. They have a dead body that presumably depicts. They could have said, "Oh, this is Bell." They would know that that wasn't what he looked like. But that that Bell had lost his ID no, card. but, 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 but lost his point. face. No, but they yeah, put Bell's yeah, they ID put... card with that dead person. So Cisco's picture shouldn't have wound up in the books. Yeah, so I mean, somewhere, somewhere there are two dead, dead bodies of randos. One yeah. of them has Julian Bashir's name, and the other one has Gabriel Bell's name. Yes. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, though, what really matters is it is very obvious that this is how this always happened. But is it? There's no way yeah. to know. Because the thing is, the only way they could have got online was with the help of, what's his name again? Brinner. 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 And the only person that would have convinced him to do that was Jadzia. Well, yeah, I agree with that. And that's what I think is a big plot hole here. Because, I don't know. So it's a self-fulfilling prophecy Cisco, kind of a thing? If Cisco's right? yeah. photo was in the encyclopedia the whole time, wouldn't Cisco at one point have been like, man, I look an awful lot like Gabriel Bell. Did we ever check? Did it ever, did we ever check what the original I mean, he photo seemed looked to like? Be, he seemed to be a big fan of Bell's. That's true. And also in yeah, mm, I don't know, man. I also, so Cisco knew that Bell was supposed to die. So the only reason Bell died during the thing was because Cisco made that up. Yeah, what? There, there's I'm def- lost. Now I'm there's lost. There's a definite that, yeah, no, like paradox said, there's definitely there, there's a a lot of predestination paradox shit going on in this. Yeah. I had I had other problems that I think we'll get to as well. Were most of them BC? No, I didn't mind BC. Oh god, we'll get to BC. I mean, I didn't like BC. So none of the 10,000 people in the sanctuary district ever disfigured. Hmm, I bet we could sneak out through the sewers. That's another big plot. Well, hole. no, Jadzia, well, no, Jadzia had to reprogram her ID card to get her through the underground checkpoints. There's an underground yeah. check. Okay, I missed it. There's an underground oh, yeah, checkpoint. Yeah, I missed that part too. Well, yeah, there's probably locked gates. Some sort of shit down there so they can't get through. Yeah, like, it's probably not guarded actively, but there was some sort of locked gate she had to hack her way around. Oh, okay. They should I mean, have that made seems that like a scene. The, they, that seems also like the police should have used that to sneak in, infiltrate the registration center, and just take out the hostage, or take out the, the And baddies. look up what Gabriel Bell looks like. Well, I mean, but but why why do that? You can just burst in guns blazing and feel like a big man. That's true. They do love that. Apparently, Waco never happened in this timeline, or the or the Attica riot. I mean, 
you see what pigs do in our timeline, right? Yeah. Jake brings up the Attica Attica riot. I don't know if it's just because you you like the Attica riot or because you know I watched two movies and a documentary. It was it was, a, it was setting you up. Oh my god, did you watch Dog Day Afternoon? No, because that's not about Damn Attica. It. No, that's no, that's I know, just but a bank comes robbery. Up, movie. It's a hostage crisis, and also it wasn't free on Amazon, not, so I wasn't gonna not watch very it. realistic, if you ask me. <laughs> did you watch Swordfish? What is swordfish? Oh boy. Password swordfish? So, <clears throat> the reason yeah. part of the reason I think that Chris mentioned Dog Day Afternoon and the reason that I jumped off of that is swordfish is because in Swordfish, briefly, Hugh Jackman is a hacker. He gets enlisted, thank you. He gets enlisted by John Travolta to help him make a big virus thing because they've got a whole hostage plan to like get money. I don't really know what the plan is, but at any rate, at the beginning of the film, which is actually it really it really I, wants to be a Tarantino movie. Ooh. It actually isn't the thing is I though want it's not it to. the beginning of the movie isn't the beginning of the movie. It's a it's a cut flash flash forward to the middle. What is that My called? God. And in Tabula and Rasa. Tabula Rasa? Yeah, that one. So it's in Tableau Roses and uh John Travolta is doing this fucking monologue about how hostage movies are stupid. Which is, haha, wow, this movie is so clever. But in the in the monologue, he references Dog Day Afternoon as being a totally implausible scenario. And it's like, it's based on true events. It, it was the worst possible one he could have chosen. Yeah. He's like, like, oh, really? Didn't... He doesn't start shooting hostages? Oh, I don't get a no van now or whatever? And it's like, oh, no. Yeah, it's like the reason he didn't do these things in the movie is because that's what the person didn't do in real life. Hmm. Maybe it, yeah, no, maybe it, starts, it was a, it, a lampshade. Yeah. No, this was just a bad movie. Like again, it's like well, it's yeah. starting midstream. Can't it's it got is a bad movie, but it's John Travolta. Yeah, yeah, but Swordfish I love it. Terrible. Oh yeah, like it's one of those like hysteric. It's it's a fun bad, but yeah, it starts midstream with John Travolta monologuing about movies. It's so obviously wants to be Tarantino. Yeah, I agree with that. Would Tarantino then, have done it better? Oh yes, because. Uh, Probably. First of all, because first of all, he would have picked a movie that wasn't based on real life. And second of all, after having his movie talk about how unrealistic hostage movies are, wouldn't then have a scene so ludicrous a James Bond film wouldn't do it. Neat. But that's neither here or there. Yeah, so Watch you're Swordfish. saying, you're it's saying fun Swordfish bad. references Dog Day Afternoon, and Dog yes. Day Afternoon references Attica. So much. So the movies I actually watched were actually about Attica. Okay. I watched a documentary called The Big House, which cut off at the end for some reason. Fucking Amazon Prime. Um, mm. But then I also watched uh, Against the Wall, which is, you know, basically just straight up about the Attica riots and all this stuff. And it's a reenactment kind of a thing with um, Samuel L. Jackson mm. as one of the rioters, who's kind of an amalgamation of several different actual historic figures. And also, I forgot, I've lost his name, Kyle McLaughlin. Um, oh, as, with the hair. With the hair? Oh, he with gets it. With the hair. With the hair, sure. He's got great hair, in Dune anyway. Oh, well, he's, he's lovely. He plays a uh, fresh-faced new prison guard, or, sorry, correction officer, who gets himself taken hostage and beaten the hell up and makes friends with Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, fun. And I watched this movie, and I'm like, wow, they sure must have taken a lot of liberties with this movie. And then I read up about it and realized, oh, no, they didn't. They actually tried to get this as right as they could. And, you know, the character that Kyle McLaughlin's character is based on was a real guy that they brought in. 
and who like wow. stuck around when he didn't need to and like helped out. And it's like, oh my god, I does I did not expect this to be more realistic than I thought it would be because it's really fucking crazy. Um, and then the other movie I watched specifically because it stars Alan Alda. <gasps> it's called uh, Hawkeye. I love Alan Alda. He's lovely. Um, it's called The Killing Yard. Um, and, and it's not about the riots. It's kind of about the legal process afterwards because so at the tail end of the riots, a lot of the stuff that happened in past tense happened in that mm. the government just swarms in instead of continuing with the negotiations, which were entirely fucking reasonable. Yeah. They swarm in, they drop tear, tear gas, they open fucking fire on every fucking buddy and kill a bunch of guards by accident because they were just there. And the, the state afterward tried to blame the killing of the guards on the prisoners. They said, oh yeah, their throats were slashed. They were told the prisoners got them. But actually they were faking the coroner report or some shit because the, there were no fucking knife slashes. They were bullet holes. Mm. So it's like, no, you guys did this. What? And yeah, Alan Alda is lovely in it. It never goes well when the government storms the gates. Yeah, no. No. And yet they keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, I can't it's, imagine why. Yeah, fucking, it was fucking uh, one of the Rockefellers, whichever one was governor of New York at the time, um, yeah. who was like, no, I don't want to go down there and, and try to make peace with them. Just send in the guard. Jesus yeah. Christ. Well, that's the problem, right? Like, the the National Guard, who's you know, is the group that they send in in the episode, too. Yeah. You know, that's that's like a military force. Yeah. You know, so they're going to do military shit. They're going to shoot people. Yeah. The one time the government doesn't go in guns blazing is when a bunch of armed white dudes fucking take over a federal building. Weird. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. Must um, be a coincidence. Yeah. Clearly, clearly. But yeah, like, like like the actual hostage taking, like the actual like historic significance and a lot of the themes of this episode are really, really cool. I just get caught up in a lot of like specific things that I, I remember really liking this episode and then rewatching it again. I felt like I got so, so lost in exposition nonsense. Mm. Was the first this time around, you mean? Yeah, in yeah, this time around, like especially watching part one, where I feel like half the episode is Cisco and Bashir walking down a street while Cisco explains history to Bashir. And I'm like, wow, yeah. you didn't need any of this. Show don't tell. Yeah, well, in some of it, I'll admit, like, there are moments... Uh, overall, I liked it, and I think it's important messaging, oh, but yeah. sometimes the messaging went from well done to after-school special levels of unsubtle. Yeah, like when? Like, I don't know, I didn't think so. Well, I, I, there were a few moments of, like, like, kind of looking off into the distance and like, uh... Um, well, you know who it was? Way. It was Bashir. Yeah. Bashir was the problem, because he's like, well, it makes you wonder him... why they let it get like this. Well, yeah, I mean, here's the thing, though. That dialogue can only be delivered so well. I do not blame... No, no, uh, no, no, no. I'm not blaming the actor. I'm saying that Bashir is the one who gets the majority of that after-school special shit. It's like when yeah. Wesley asked, uh... Oh, about <laughs> drugs. About why anyone would want to do drugs. But, but, yeah. drugs... See, in reality, what the show didn't expect was we actually have the opposite problem, where the government gets to brag about, well, until recently, brag about how low unemployment is, but what they don't mention is that it's everyone is working, like, three jobs to still not make ends meet. Yeah, yeah, it's funny, like, if, if you know, I, I kind of always thought that this episode was prescient, and I remember 
I don't remember what it was. There was some event a thousand years ago during the Trump administration where I was like, man, uh, this is so much like past tense. In fact, there's Cisco now. Yeah. It might, I don't remember what it was. I Anything. think it was just his, I think it was just his getting elected. We were like, oh, fuck. Mm. This is going to lead to the Bell Riots. But, um, but yeah, if you'd asked me like, oh, yeah, this, this isn't a terribly realistic thing. But, you know, specifically now after the coronavirus and everything and, you know, unemployment is, is on the up and the economy's not looking so great. I could totally buy some of this stuff. Yeah, they're going to put coronaviruses in the camps, though. Coronavirus victims in the camps instead, though. And I mean, even if oh it's not God. even if it's not the unemployment situation, it's you know the income inequality is is really what's on oh, display. Oh yeah, it's nuts. It's nuts. Where you have well, the, and also the... that fucking guard who won't shut up was definitely a Trump supporter. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. You know what I read, which is yeah. wild, is that uh, during uh, filming, an article came out. Um, describing that the Los Angeles, May- Los Angeles mayor was proposing to move the homeless into fenced-in areas to make L.A. look friendlier for business. And they had already been working on this script, and, they, and like the, the writers of Star Trek were looking at this like, oh my god, this is very appropriate. And people kept asking them if they had that in mind. Like, no, we'd already started work on this script before this came out. That's fucking <laughs> awful. People are fucking monsters. True. Yep. You can see how much of it was based in, like, just reality, you know? Like, there is no, there there basically is no mental health uh, system in this country anymore. You know, the, the, it was gutted in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, and, and San Francisco yeah, is, like, result. it already, you know, is, is sort of the, the poster city for for that you know if you've ever been to san francisco gentrification and homelessness. yeah the homeless in san francisco it's it's unbelievable uh when you're there yeah and they're not doing a damn thing about it except making increasingly unfriendly architecture yeah good for them yeah it's what jesus would have wanted yeah so i could totally buy in the next five years hurting all of the homeless into a you know into a freaking camp yeah well the oligarchs don't want to look at them. yeah yeah and then there's also this you whole know, element of assholes. like the the kafka-esque nature of this whole thing where you're in this and and in order to get out you have to go through this massive bureaucracy that just it's kind of doesn't 22 yeah mm-hmm. it's like you have to have a job to get out of the to get out of the sanctuary district but you're in the sanctuary district because you don't have a job and um yep. milo minder binder is here selling you eggs <laughs> and egyptian cotton mm-hmm. trying to figure out if he Coats it in chocolate. Does it become edible? Delicious. He was great. I love him. Um, but I, really have, I have to read Catch-22 one of these it's days. It's fucking brilliant. I love it. Uh, I was going to go off it on a different Everyone tangent. that I've ever talked to who knows it has said that. Yeah, it's Catch so 22, smart. Catch-22 is the book that proved to me that, um, oh, what was his name? He passed away recently. Heller? Joseph Heller? No, that's the author. Well, yeah, I know. That's why. That was a lot of people passed away recently, Chris. Vonnegut? Dude, do you guys hear about fucking Little Richard today? Literally. Yes. I had thought he'd already died. I'm not sure why. I was also sort uh, of surprised he was still alive, but that's not But the there point. was this obnoxious literary critic who I first encountered in 11th grade. He, uh, he wrote that just Catch-22 was completely irrelevant, and it's like, you're a fucking idiot. Yes, true. Catch-22 is always relevant. That would be like saying 1984 is irrelevant when we're living yeah. in it daily. 
Like, maybe it felt less relevant, because this this essay he'd written was from, like, the late 90s, and it's like, yeah, maybe it felt a little less relevant then, but if you couldn't find relevance of Catch-22 in any time, you're a fucking fool. Mm. Um, and I wish I could think of the guy's name. He was terrible. You'll, you'll find um, it, and you'll link it on the Facebook. It was just obvious that he was one of those assholes who thought that literature began and ended with Shakespeare. And, Gross. like, the further you were from Shakespeare, the less chance he gave it. He also really loved Austin for some reason. The city? Oh. No, no, the author. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Good job, Who man. doesn't love Austin? I've never been. But anyway, I, I was going to say, um, so the, the original story for, or the original pitch for this episode, which they didn't really go too far into, the, the working title was Cold and Distant Stars, which is pretty. Mm. It's very city on the edge of forever. Uh, yeah. But it would have featured Cisco going back in time and people assuming he was crazy because he kept saying that he's a spaceman from the future. So they Why had to push that. So they had to push Thorazine on him until he was homeless. And then O'Brien finds him. Turns out it's actually O'Brien's great, 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 great grandfather, <laughs> the cryogenics engineer who freezes Cisco. And then they <laughs> dig him up in the present day. Although, I do wonder, because, I mean, that's that's idiotic, because there's no reason Cisco would claim he's a spaceman. But I kind Ow. of wonder if that germ of an idea would lead to an actual good episode later that I can't think far, of. Far Beyond the Stars. Thank yeah. you, Jake. Which we'll get to, and you'll understand why I think maybe they ran with that and made it not stupid. Yeah. Well, I mean, that yeah, so that was like, that's... Far Beyond the Stars is notable for being Avery Brooks's favorite episode of the series. That's the kind of meta one? Yeah. I love yes. that episode. What else this week? So many things this week. Uh, I know. It's yeah. just, it, oh, Jonathan Frakes directing episode two. He did. And apparently this is the work that secured um, him getting to direct first contact. Oh, look yeah. at that. Nice. He did a good job. Yeah, I thought, I, I, thought, I thought episode two. I mean, the writing in both these episodes was a little meh. For a lot of it, you know, as you already mentioned, the the exposition was a little heavy-handed. Heavy-handed. I found yeah. um, what's his fuck the what's I keep forgetting the guy. Biddle. No, the um. Who are you talking? The rich about? guy. Oh, Chris, uh, Brinner. Uh, Brinner. Brinner. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of found the whole Jadzia Brinner thing a little like I, I don't think the episode would have suffered without any of that. It would not. I mean, well, I because like... it starts off. It starts off in a totally disgusting foot. He's like, "Oh, it's not every day I get to rescue a damsel in distress." Like, why is that always Jadzia? As I was watching him approach her and start talking to her, I was like, "And then she falls in love with him, and she stays in the past." Like, yeah, she's that's... secretly Edith Keeler just, the just, whole time. Just fuck. Well, off. And then, like, like they Jesus, didn't even. Not you. They didn't even bother. <laughs> to resolve that plot line like they didn't they didn't make an ending for it well that's because they know that the rich man wasn't going to change they had two episodes to do this across too i think it mostly was there just so they could have the party scene to have those two douchebags be there i did like those douchebags they were great douchebags. they were so punchable yeah it's true that like it wasn't i guess it was important to see the the income inequality situation but the pretty white lady gets you know catered hand and foot they didn't do enough with it, but maybe. Yeah, I don't think Jadzia really needed to be in this episode. Uh, I don't think she did a lot. She and, wore that he- that feather you know, well. And, I, and the thing, you know, this is another situation where they pair Terry Farrell, who's not great actor, with another actor who was not very good. 
That's how I knew they were going to fall in love. <laughs> and the result were like these really stiff, poorly acted scenes that just didn't jive with the rest of the episode. See, I just, yeah. I just kind of assumed stiff. Yeah, I assumed that was just because they're so rich they don't, they don't even have to act. <laughs> yeah, that's how rich these assholes are. Oh, I didn't even know sanctuary cities were still a thing. Ah, yeah, no, that they're was, right there. Was, uh, yeah, district, century district. Yes, you're right. Yeah, well, I mean, the whole point of that was to be like, oh, yeah, these these fucktards are so up in their ivory tower, they don't even see the bullshit that's going on. So so Gabriel Bell, you know, and that's another thing that wasn't really resolved in the episode that maybe could have been in some way was, you know, a scene with, you know, Brenner Brenner and his friends watching the the TV broadcast and being like, oh, my God, shit's going down. Oh, my God, I can't believe the Sanctuary District is as fucked up as it is. Oh, no, the economy. Yeah. <laughs> Look at all those customers uh, that don't have money crying. to buy our shit. So I don't um, know. I feel like the message, like they they tried to just wrap it up too quickly at the end, and they did a little bit of a of a tell and not a show when they could have shown yeah. us more. So why is it so, why is it so rushed at the end when they had two episodes to space this out during? I'm gonna guess Poor it's because the writers aren't very good. Yeah, that that's probably true. Yeah, I know that they spaced it out because they realized as they were writing it that the hostage situation, which was, you know, the most important climactic part of the whole episode, they didn't get to that if it were a one episode until like act four. And then they yeah, would have to super, super rush that. So I guess they decided, oh, yeah, let's space this out over two episodes so that we can have a whole episode that's nothing but hostages. Yeah, but I think they could have trimmed out some of episode one. I think there was a lot of that that, you know, could have just been glossed over and they could have got to the hostage situation earlier i still think it could have i think i still think it works as a two-parter but i would have liked to have trimmed some of the fat out yeah. in the hostage situation <laughs> i mean i would even have wow. been better she looks great ames how dare you i would have been she okay with the dax scenes if they had done if they had actually more with more them. with them and came back around to them are you saying you end. wish that she could have been redacted yeah <laughs> I also kind of wish it was made more clear, and maybe this is just because I'm a dum dum. I mean, that's definitely that it was it a is, paradox. Because as it is, I kind of was like, "Oh, it's just a big old plot hole." Um, Wait, no, nah, I'm pretty sure this is a predestination paradox through and through. Yeah, no, I think you're. I think you're right in retrospect. But at first, I'm like, "But wait a minute, did they not turn off the internet during when Bell was the guy?" <laughs> Bashir yeah. is his own grandpa. Explain <laughs> some things. I actually did like Bashir a lot in this episode because yeah. I don't like um, when his dialogue wasn't bad. Yeah. He was good when when they talked like with a uh, sitting Elfadil afterwards. He said, "Yeah, this is where my character kind of like starts becoming better." Yeah, not a, and I a hope we see him being less creepy because he did a great job not creeping on that hostage woman. He did it such a plus gold star for for Julian for not hitting on the hostage. Agreed. He was totes normal and it was very nice. He was a doctor yeah. instead of just playing doctor. Yes. Um, yeah, and I liked uh, like I liked her a lot. Um, Lee. You know, yeah, her story uh, that she had yeah. about the the woman that she kind of helped go under the radar. Yeah. Up until she told that story, I kept looking at her like, "Oh, good, our female prop is here, being a female prop." Until she tells oh, the story, and I she's didn't like, think oh. that. I thought she was good. She was good, but you know, every time she, every time before we kind of like got to have a conversation with her, it was like. 
Oh, scream and cry. Oh, BC's here in your face. Do a scream and cry. Well, to be fair, she had a you know, semi-automatic I, weapon pointed directly into her face. I will say, though, I feel like half the reason they cast her was not that she was a bad actor. She was good. But she was especially good at looking scared shitless of BC. I would be scared like, shitless of BC. He was a like, psychopath. Did they, did they? Yeah, but I mean, you know, some people can't act you know i was like jesus you'd think they told that poor woman there was actually a bullet in there like she was convincing yeah i feel like bc was good at being what he was being except that he always did this crazy eye thing that felt like i mean it was acting right so it wasn't affected i was gonna say it felt affected because it was but it was just so fake it was like okay dude you were the guy in high school who had a cape and fake vampire teeth we get it we all i was gonna say I was going to say, oh, God, this guy's a huge, like, Joker fan. Oh, oh yeah. God, okay, is. so it's funny, that you, it's funny you say that, too, though, because during watching this, I, I, I thought for a minute that he sounded, you know the guy, okay, you know in Batman 80, no, 90, 89? 89. In Batman, that? that's the Jack Nicholson. The first Michael, first Michael Keaton, Keaton one. one. Got it. So in Batman 89, there's a scene where you see young Jack Napier having killed mm. the Wayneses. They had a very similar tonal quality. Like, I actually looked it up because I was like, you sound a lot like you have a dance with the devil in the pale moonlight. Well, the thing is, though, I feel like with in Batman, they were like fucking with the sound a little. Whereas that's just this guy's it's his voice. voice. Yeah. yeah. Also, as we said before we started the episode, that man's real name is Frank Military, which is just not important, but amazing. Was G- in other G.I. Joe was taken. He has like 14 he... credits, I think. Really? I... Yeah, most... much. I looked him up. He's mostly a producer these days. Oh, that's, that's good. Oh, that's nice. He like produced most of NCIS. Yeah. I... So he's ha- sitting pretty. I hated him in this. Oh, I, I don't I think he acted poorly. Him. I just think... I don't think he, I don't think he acted. I got mean, granted he overacted a lot of the, th- the scenes, but I think that was probably just because that was the character. The character yeah. was yeah. over the top crazy town. Yeah. And I know, I don't like, even think he really was, though. I think he was just putting on a show. Like, I don't, I don't actually think he was crazy at all. He's a hostage so taker. Well, yeah. and put, a murderer. And he's telling jokes. Ooh, wow. Mm. I don't know. I, you know, I, I don't, th- I don't I think, think, I don't think committing murder necessarily means you're crazy. Well, remember, he's oh. he's, he's also a dim, right? You know, so he's he's got mental. Well, no, but he's a ghost. no, he's not. He's a he's ghost. A, he's a I, dim thought, ghost. I thought the ghosts were. I thought ghosts were a type of dim. Like I thought. No, he's. No, I think. I thought it was just. I thought there was just anyone... dims and gimmies, and the gimmies were I like think not the ghosts are crazy the people, people in between who they just ignore and treat like they're not there. Is that what it was? Yeah, like go go. I, I and think that's why anyone... they're stealing shit. It's because they're not given the opportunities of the gimmies, but they're too. Well, the gimmies with it to just be dims. Yeah, the, the, the gimmies are just well, no, people I, that aren't. It, like well, then the mental. fake opportunities, the yeah. promised opportunities. They're not even promised opportunities. Yeah, I think the impression I'm under... The impression I'm under is that a ghost is basically anyone who refuses to kind of integrate and ends up attacking other inmates there. So basically, uh, anyone oh, could be a ghost. Yeah, and like the woman that... that uh, the lady let slip through the through the cracks probably theoretically would be termed a ghost because she's just not in the system at all. No. Well, that's different. That's she's just not in the system. How are you? Sh- how do you know? Because they explained what the ghosts were. Yeah. Oh, I don't remember them ever explaining it. I remember them specifically saying, like, making it out that the Dims were were like mentally ill and that the Gimmies were work work people. But I never heard yeah, a no, definition it's the same, of ghosts. It was. 
the same scene, right, as they're about to leave, she goes, oh, watch out for the ghosts. And they say, what's that? And they explain oh, what fuck. they are. Oh, fuck, what did she say? I missed that. They're, they're people that basically steal from other inmates of the Sanctuary District. Why not call them leeches? Why call them ghosts? Because they were know. having fun with... the episode. They were having fun with slang, and they were having fun with Biddle fucking Coleridge. And I have this great quote from Ira Stephen Bear, because they're so fucking proud of this guy's character, and I don't know why. Um, but the quote is... I got obsessed with this hat thing BC had <laughs> and started writing until his hat became his whole personality. Wow. And I think that's the entire problem with the character is that 90% of the personality is I wear a fucking hat. <laughs> I have a hat. <laughs> ben didn't like that hat. I didn't like that hat. He looked terrible in that hat. See, I think I think he was a good character because he felt real in that he feels like the kind of guy who, whoever he'd been beforehand, he'd kind of been a nobody. Now he's like the guy who's going to be like, I'm going to play as crazy as possible so no one fucks with me here. The actor or the character? Yes. The character. Both. And like, he doesn't even know who he really is anymore. But at some point, he was this small kid who was obsessed with Errol Flynn. And that's still lurking inside there that's... behind these layers of artificiality he's put on himself to protect himself from the world. That's that's all well and interesting. I think they tried to like overwrite the character and ran out of room or something because the way that the way that the writers put it, the where where I read was he straight up fucking murders Bell in part one. Yeah, and, I mean, he's a bad guy. And in part two, it never comes up. Like, they never mention it. And they like to say that it's because, oh, yeah, it, I mean, that's not, that, that's more a side effect of the world that he lives in. Which, well, yeah, I, was say, I get not that. To, that's not great. To, not to draw a really realistic parallel, but there was recently a, a black man jogging who was run down by two white dudes and shot to death that nobody mentioned at all until their video resurfaced. In a way, that's one of the most realistic fucking things that happens in this episode. That's not at all where I'm going with this, Caitlin, but thank you. You're welcome. Uh, where I'm going with this is they act like it's not part of his character that he's a murderer. They act like it's, it's a side effect of society that that's just a thing that he can be brought to. I think that's kind yeah, of the point. Yeah, it does feel though, like... Right? It is. I just got tired of him because the way he was acting it, like he's, he's the head hostage taker and he's bullshit at it. Yeah, he does let himself get reined in pretty yeah. quickly. And by, by, I think he's in over the, his head. By the end of part two, all he's doing is he's like slinging one-liners. Like, oh, I think Jadzia and I, he didn't know her name, obviously. I didn't, I think that pretty lady and I really could have meant something. And he's like, dude, what? Yeah, they re I really don't think they what? knew what to do with him as, as things rolled on. Because they didn't, I don't think they wanted to make him into just a straight up psychopath that was murdering yeah. and... But they ran out of room, I think, even though it's he had two fucking episodes that they, they could have worked with him. Like, there should have been well, more I opportunities think... for Ben to, like, step in and prevent him from killing people. Yeah, there were enough of those. <laughs> there was only, like, twice, and the one time the guy was basically begging for it. No, that's true. Um, I felt like we could have had... I know we only got, like, two of these, but I really didn't need the, like... Kira and O'Brien traveling back in time bullshit. It was the same actors both times, right? I, I thought, like, I assumed Society so. people and the hippies, it was the same man and woman. I didn't check. I assume so. I didn't check credits. Probably. At that point, the stakes were so serious in the 
21st century that having comic relief moments felt inappropriate. Yeah, yeah, like Biddle. Fucking Biddle. I mean, I, I don't know. I just thought they were silly. And I also don't think that, you know, this whole approach that they had to finding them, it seems like they could have been a little more methodical about it. Oh, yeah. I thought so, too. I mean, they know that Starfleet totally doesn't exist. Maybe see if anything important happened in any of the... 10 to yeah. 12 oh, okay. So there's just like, too. oh, you know, there was like a hippie party day, and there was a day, you know. I mean, I guess they don't know how Plus, long they were there for. Like they, they could have yeah. been down there for years, mm. and caused problems much later. Yeah, I but mean, they the, they effectively do a coin flip for where they're going to go yeah. back in time, and I'm like, that does not sound like O'Brien. Yeah, and it's like it's like all. okay, one of these days is some random day, and the other one was the day of the fucking bell riots. Also, they're all like, oh no, we only have enough for five transports. It's like. Come on. You couldn't throw that little thing around the sun. You now, could. were they always You have all the time travel you were they always this is a beaming Were they always beaming like what it seemed so when they finally beamed in, they beamed in, was it the same time delta? Like in the in twenty twenty four, several days had passed. Mm-hmm. And when they finally to to Cisco and Bashir. To Cisco, Bashir and Dax. Yes. Had several days passed on the Defiant? Uh, I, and, I if, guess and if not, how did they happen know. to beam in at just that time? Wouldn't they have naturally beamed in to the, to the same, same time. time that Cisco and Bashir and yeah. Dax arrived? Oh, I didn't think about that. I hadn't thought no, of that not yet. A, not if you want an episode, they know. Yes. I do know that they did say that, you know, they get down there, they realize it's the right place, and they say, oh, well, we're going to have to turn our badges off for a day until our next window yeah. to go back is. So we know that... that Kira and Miles were down there for at least a day, hanging out with Dax and Brenner, having sexy parties. Mm. Okay, so, <laughs> well, so, so that ma- that they might have been sexy, but O'Brien was there. That supports <laughs> that it was time was was still moving. So that apparently the Chronotons they're sending you back a fixed interval of time. Interesting. Yeah, just weird. Yeah. Techno babble, techno babble, less... techno it away. Yeah, there, there was yeah, anything the on the Defiant. The better. This episode was just annoying because of the massive amounts of techno babble. Yeah, I did like yeah. one detail that they put into the scene in the '30s, in that uh, they had a boxing poster up on the wall, and uh, it was the same names of boxers as the one as a, a sign that was in the City on the Edge of Forever. Nice to remind you that Kirk and Spock could be here somewhere. That's fun. Well, but they were in New York. Yeah, but they were, could be in this world somewhere. Yeah. Oh, yes, that is true. Um, I also um, noticed that they mentioned uh, our baseball player friend. Buck Buckeye. Buck, I forgot Buck, his name. Buck, from Buck. The Lund- yeah, Buck Buckeye from the London Yeah, and that's why Cisco you know decided to stay in the past. I actually I, uh, really enjoyed how excited he was when someone made, when, uh, was it BC made, uh, someone, someone made some reference about, you know, some baseball move or other. And it was awesome, and Cisco looked very happy. The two guards, yeah, yeah they were talking about like, so which actually, team would have won. I did decide to look up the '99 Yankees, which is what the guard was saying was the best. But did one of the you best look up ever. the '15 Kings or whatever? <laughs> they don't no. exist. Damn. <laughs> but funny enough, because uh, this was what '94, '95. This episode, '95, yeah. '99 yeah. would be a year they would win the World Series. Mm-hmm. Huh. And the club included people that even me, someone that doesn't really know sports, knew the names of. So, because this had, what, Jorge Posada, Jeter, uh, what else? There were a couple names. Daryl Strawberry. 
I only know Daryl Strawberry because he was um, in the Simpsons in, episode. The Simpsons. Yeah, I mean, me too, but it's still, I've heard of him. Uh, Roger Clemens. All right. He played well, for this the This is a baseball podcast. It could Like, it, it could actually. Be. Please, no. It I'd up, leave. It, it did end there. up being, you know, they picked a year out of their ass, but they actually did find what was a decent I mean, it was, year it was like, a, honestly, in the 90s, finding a, a safe bet. Oh, yeah, it was a safe <laughs> bet to assume the Yankees were going to be playing well. I mean, those are, those are the Steinbrenner years, so they did well. Like, does the Steinbrenner still own them? No one cares. Nobody I want to change anyone. topics. Because no one cares about the Yankees anymore. True. That's true. Oh, wait. When, when, before that, one little other real world thing I wondered about. Uh, I noticed that Brenner asked Jadzia if her name is Dutch. And I was wondering if that was supposed to be like a reference to the fact that you know, they had originally tried to get Famke Jansen, who herself is actually Dutch, to play Jadzia. Oh, that's, uh, that's, uh, what's her name from. That thing, Jean Grey. Yes. Yeah, X Man. Yes. The X Man. And also, we saw her previously with spots in um, that episode that was kind yeah, of yeah, the one where Picard and the the perfect mate was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, there we go. Hang on. So when, when before I move on to the thing I was going to talk about, when Brenner is talking to Jadzia about her spots, what does he? Where does he ask if he got them? Japan. Got- Japan. Okay. Because only people in Japan get tattoos. Well, maybe he thought yes. they were like they looked. Oriental, I don't know. Well, Japan has a very long history of very elaborate, finely detailed tattoo making. Is that true? Which actually, yes. Which ironically now the government is really cracking down on tattoo art there. Uh, It's it's a lot of, there's a lot of tension because there's a long history of it, but then they pass some laws to be like, effectively ban tattoos without banning them by saying that to tattoo someone, you need a medical license and this and that. It's is a it whole, like it's a crackdown on like what? Like what is the what is the reason? They've just decided they don't like it. A lot of public baths won't allow you to use them if you have tattoos. I wonder if it has anything yeah. to do with like organized and, crime because that's like I think a pretty big. Well, thing yeah, with, certainly a big part of it is the like the big fullback tattoos yeah. on Yakuza. But just in general, it, it's causing a lot of tension. You know, people are against it. And then, of course, there's the issue of, like, well, we want fucking tourists to use our bathhouses. But they're from countries where people don't give a shit. So it's like, what do we do? It's a whole thing you can read about if you're bored. Neat. Yeah, when Brenner mentions it, and then he says, and she's like, oh, how how did you know? Because she's just covering. And he's yeah. like, oh, because I have a tattoo. And I was like, where did that come from? Japan. Did he specifically go to Japan for his tattoos? Because I don't know if that was... Something I missed or what? He had a full sleeve. Yeah, Maori design, like any rich douchebag white boy in the <laughs> 90s. Which he actually basically says. Straight up, he says it. Yeah, that's why I yeah, said it. I had to have it removed so I could, you know, live this life. You Guess know about my life, note. right? Yeah. I mean, you didn't have to get it removed. He could have just worn long sleeve shirts. No. he When he goes out and he plays tennis and He wanted to get into golf. the bathhouses, dude. True. Uh, what did everyone think about the guest star, Clint Howard? I got so excited when I saw him. I was like, wait a second, is Clint Howard chasing Jadzia? Not you too, Clint. I'm torn because literally nothing about his character was necessary, no. but hey, it's Clint yeah, Howard. And yeah, and like I they needed someone to come in and just be a dim, and they're like... Wait, wait, wait. Did they, though? Did they no. need someone trying to play someone with no. like, mental incapac- no, incapabilities? No, they probably shouldn't. Super problematic. They probably shouldn't. But what I when I say they needed someone, they needed someone. You know who? Yeah. You know who Frakes originally wanted, but they couldn't get. Who the role was written for? Ron William Howard. Shatner. Iggy Pop. Oh, what's an Iggy Pop again? 
the Rockstar. Rockstar. Well, Iggy Pop will appear he in a will... future episode. Yeah. So. Oh, will. that's fun. Yeah. yeah, it's funny. But I can't see. I can see yeah, no, like Howard playing this this obviously disturbed person. I can't quite see Iggy Pop. When you say playing. Well, right. Exactly. Because <laughs> Clint, Clint Howard doesn't look right. Poor Clint Howard. No, I mean, uh, like, there's, he's a weird yeah, like, looking dude. He knows it. Like, it's his whole n- career. There, there was That's nothing true. necessary about it. You know, she still could, like, they didn't need the side quest of getting her badge I, back. I entirely missed that she lost it again. Yeah, but it was just like, yeah, again, it's like, it's pointless. That time could have been better spent on something else. But it's Clint Howard in one of his, I think, four or five Star Trek appearances. Yeah, no, what would have been great is if... 18 Star Trek appearances. What would have been great would have been if when they, you know, went into that house and they thought they found him, if, like, they pulled back that curtain and there was just a puppet there being being operated. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. offers them some Tron, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Brilliant. So, yes, pointless, but hey, look, it's Clint Howard. What was the name of of Balok's... thing the Public no first federation the first federation yeah they should have dropped a first federation reference in there yeah there you go i was trying to think he, of a way he was they just could've. being crazy talking about space anyway he totally could have or they could have had like what one a of the missed kids opportunity one of the kids playing out in the street having a baylock puppet just in the <laughs> background somewhere yeah oh, uh, man. how many Before times it turns out he actually is communicating with aliens and it's the first federation oh that's cute i like i like that how many times did I write in my notes, please kill BC? How has no one killed him yet? Seriously. And yet we, tie, we, we blink and you miss his actual death. Yeah. Because they don't even show the body. That No one even says, oh no, the guy without the hat now. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and then, you know. Well, it's because who could even tell it was him without that that's hat? That's true, the hat. It was kind of, I did like though that, you know, Ben could give a fuck, but he does look sad over Webb, which is Oh yeah, I... I I felt sad over Webb, and I felt like they barely let that yeah. settle either. Yeah. Like, Webb's kid was just there a second ago. The kid was around. You, yeah, but now he's got him. that stupid hat, so who cares about that kid anymore? It is kind of funny that they're the Bell riots and not the Webb riots, because Webb was clearly the face of these events. Well, again, mm. that that's kind of where I was getting away from the idea that it was a paradox, because it's like, oh, well, obviously in this new timeline, it would have been the Webb riots. But there's still the Bell riots. Right. And, the, and early in the episode, Cisco explains that, oh, it's called Bell because, you know, he was the face of the thing and he died. And it's like, well, Webb was the face of the thing and he died. Yeah, but Cisco talked with that, well, with that guard. And I think it was the guard that was like playing up the name Bell, maybe, or something. Especially because, like, well, Webb obviously didn't want the hostages to be hurt either. It was admittedly Cisco who was more actively like yeah. BC stand Yeah, down. And he jumped in front of that bullet. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that guy, the guard guy there, he always, um, yeah, he's, he's been in a thousand things. And he's always, he's always that, that guy. guy. I always just see him as the, the neighbor from uh, Gremlins. I still need to see that what? movie. Yeah. This movie keeps coming up. Which one, Gremlins? A classic. I, I've also I thought, never I seen it. How have so many people never seen Gremlins? It's a classic. I, think I have a lot of I was probably, weird... like, slightly too young. I mean, I I'm sure like I was too young, but. I still watch it. My parents. I was way too old when I watched it, and I fucking couldn't stand it. Well, that's just because you haven't seen Gremlins Two: The New Breed yet. Uh, Electric Boogaloo. I thought it was the the new new batch, batch or whatever the fuck it was. Um, The new litter. The 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 the, the new threat that is so convenient that everybody that was in the first movie just happens to be in the same location 
when this other situation occurs. Yeah, see, including the neighbor who was in the show. But yeah, that guy, he's in a million things. He's always been old and he's always just a hard yeah. ass. Here's a, here was my plot hole problem. Yeah. And it's really nitpicky, so I'm sorry. No, I love it. I love it already. We're on a podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so here's my first question. Do the people on Deep Space Nine speak English? I think they do. Any or all? Well, I'm assuming that Bashir like and Kira Cisco. probably doesn't, right? Yeah. And Dax probably doesn't. Well, we don't know. How much, da- the, how much work might. is the translator doing? Well, so here's the thing is they don't, at least when Bashir and Cisco are first taken in, they don't have their communicators. And at first I thought, okay, they're from Earth. They probably speak English. But they speak 24th century English, not 21st century English. So I kind of feel like if that would be the equivalent of us talking to someone in the 1700s, it would be like you could understand it. But it would be like noticeably weird. They could, you could, yeah, you could just splice mumbled. in the scene from Idiocracy when he goes to the the hospital, and it's. Uh... I've actually <laughs> never, I've never seen Idiocracy. Okay, oh go my on. god, I do that recommend do seeing Idiocracy. Watch. No, I know, I, I definitely want to see it. I think I just missed it at the if time. If it's between <laughs> Gremlins and Idiocracy, I recommend Idiocracy. The thing is, they've never established firmly that the translator is in their badge. Yeah. So. I always kind of assumed they were in there. Yeah, you can't. I, I don't know. I, don't know I feel why like I think that any Babelfish. There you go. Kind of. Yeah. And any kind of uh, issue with with the translator, you just kind of have to. Eh. Right. Because, you know, we, you'd have nope, you'd have the me. same in, in situation with, um, you know, Times Arrow and things like that where they're back in time. Um, All right. Well, I just felt like being a pedant. No, no, that's fair. I mean, I mean shit. If you want to. I mean, very, very minor spoiler for an episode of season two of discovery but they made it even more complex when it turns out people on the same ship aren't speaking the same language ever (laughs) because there's a whole episode where the translators go funky and you find because i think the assumption up till this point has always just kind of been that like english became the default language of earth so at least all the humans were speaking english but then it's like oh nope French might have died, but German's still around. I don't know. There's that episode of TOS uh, where uh, Uhura just starts speaking Swahili when she loses her memory, and then it all comes back out as Swahili. Yeah. yeah, so actually, yeah. yeah. No, it's very inconsistent on huh. the show. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Um, one, But a, a related issue that I had, and it's not really a plot hole, it's just why. So of all the people on The Defiant to send back in time and possibly be stuck in the past because they don't know for yeah. sure they're going to make it back. That's very Why true. Why did they send Why O'Brien they and an alien? Nose? Like, okay, we got to try Why not to... Why did they send O'Brien? Well, hmm. it's like, all right, we, because, got, we can't well, fuck O'Brien up the, the timeline any more than Cisco has. Oh, no, we'll just put some tape on her nose so you won't see that she's an alien. And if we get stuck there, you know... She'll just wear the tape well, on her nose forever. They, they were going to ask really, Quark, but that just wasn't going to work at all. You wear a big hat like Spock would. <laughs> Jesus Christ. She got her ears caught in a rice picker for sure. Was, it's, it's, she it's, got it's her like, nose look, caught. If anyone, asks about your, yeah, if anyone asks about your nose, just say you got your head stuck in some farm equipment. Ah, she got her nose stuck in a mechanical potato puller. Yikes. <laughs> oh, racist. <laughs> eh, 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 eh. That's the Irish. She can't be racist. Also, really? Irish. Yep. You put your Irish guy in green, really costume department. That's your biggest, is that your biggest problem with the horrible costume that he was in? 
No, I just thought it was funny that they put him in green. So what's interesting, right? So the rich people costumes in this episode were, you know, trying to do like, ooh, here's what it's going to look like in 30 years. Here's how people are going to dress. Uh, and it was so the 90s doing. But the, the but the, the poor people all dressed like pretty much normal people. So it's like one of the yeah, first times we see, a bit dirtier. you know, civilian clothing depicted semi-accurately. Yeah, that's what the, I the thought one, that too, actually. I was like, wow, they actually kind of got it. The one thing they were really stuck on was the idea that collars were going to go away because no one's shirt had a collar. Also, what was with the dual zippered jumpsuits that the uh, the guards were wearing? I thought yeah. that was strange. Yeah, that was weird. Zippers I didn't even notice that. But they had like a of pair of, it was like a double zippered thing. Like, all right, I feel like... That the I guards feel, were wearing? Yeah. Like, we talk about Bernardo and Trump? <laughs> yeah. It's like, ah, which well, side do I want to get into my jumpsuit today? I think t- today feels like a both. left day. You know? I kind of wondered, though, like, I feel like they would have saved themselves some money, just bought some jumpsuits and slapped insignia on them. So I feel like that for some reason, those might just be a real thing. I don't know. I feel like they could have gotten jumpsuits and then made a third panel to go in between the zipper. But yeah, the insignia... Oh, I see what you mean. I wonder if that's to, like, make it adjustable for size somehow. Yeah, I guess if you have too small of a jumpsuit, you could make it bigger by adding a third panel. Yeah, I can't find out why they are the way they are, but they seem to specifically be made for, like, military purposes. I also thought, though, that the insignia they were wearing were, like, comically large. Did anybody else have that thought? Yes, that is true. They were ludicrous. Well, I also wonder, though, if that's a product of them being something that they bought to alter. Like, there could have been some shit embroidered on there. Mm. And they just thought, well, we could take the old seam ripper to it, or we could just put these comically huge, like, punk rock rear of jacket (laughs) patches on top. Just to cover it up. Just feel like they just fucking safety pinned them there. Like, there we go. Where are the guards now? Oh, maybe. Oh, what do y'all think of the um, the police negotiator lady? Oh, detective. What's her yeah. fuck? She there? had some bad hair. Preston. Thank you. She was fine. I didn't. I don't think she really laid an impression on me. That at was all. what I. That was gonna be what I was gonna say. Is that like she? It seems like she could have or should have been a more significant character. Hmm. Well, I just kind of wonder if all she had was one note, because it just feels like, okay, it's a hostage situation. You've got your top guy on it. I picture the guy who picked the wrong day to quit amphetamines from airplane, because it just (laughs) feels like, you know, rolled up shirt cuffs and chain smoking and shit. Like, that's what I, like, expect. And then it's just this totally blah woman. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what I was saying. So it's funny that you mentioned the, I think that was what, Lloyd Bridges in in that movie, in Airplane? Um, Yes. Because I was thinking, yeah, they should have had our main guard guy being the police negotiator instead of, instead of yeah, a he, hostage. He, I don't know, Very that's a much conflict has that. of interest. Well, I'm saying he wouldn't have been a hostage in that scenario. They would have just had that actor <laughs> playing the police negotiator. No, but I loved yeah. him as a fucking... Oh, yeah, no, he did good. GOP slug. Oh, he was such a ball buster. I hated him. Who, Vin? The, Whichever one the, wasn't the guard. Yes. Okay. Like as soon as he stepped on or in or stepped in and like they're in the hostage situation and he's just being a pain in the ass and like bro you definitely you voted for Trump you did yep this is your fault I like when uh, Cisco read him the riot act just a really I, I know they're very a very good uh, Avery Brooks mm, moment yeah no Avery Brooks did really good in these episodes I thought um, he did also the the, the like 
every time fucking BC called him the new boy, and he, the, the little, like, new looks boy. like, I know why you're saying boy, you son of a yeah. bitch. Ooh. I was about to say, well, he said it to Bashir, too, but Bashir's also Wait, I didn't see, Was BC the one that stabbed Bell? Yes. I don't... It was one of his... I wasn't okay, sure if it was yes, him yeah, specifically it was or just... Crew. I didn't realize yeah. it was him. So I'm glad one of us... I also this. wasn't clear on how Bell, how Bell died, because as far as I knew, he just got punched, and then they were like, oh, no, he's no, dead. No, he got stabbed so and died I didn't instantly. Yeah, even though but Bashir I, was like, I could have saved him. No, you couldn't have. He was dead. He was very dead, Bashir. Super dead. Oh, you know what's really I cool? I did... Uh, um, the guy who played Bell was uh, Avery Brooks's stunt double in Stand In, and he also played oh. Kozak in The House of Quark. Oh, there you go. Oh, cool. Nice. I was going to say what I liked about that scene was, I know I've mentioned this before, but um, they seem to be sticking with this idea that Julian is from the Captain Kirk school of fighting, because he kept doing more of those double fist blows. I noticed that, too. I think that's just I how Starfleet teaches people was. to uh, fight. That's the thing, but Cisco fights well, differently. Cisco learned like, on the mean streets of like New a real Orleans, person. you know? He, he's... Thing is, you're like, joking, I, but I think there is kind of a lot of crime in New Orleans. In the 24th, the 24th century? century? Oh, surely. yeah, no, not in the 24th century. I was thinking more uh, today. Just fighting jambalaya. I was thinking of 2024. But I do like the idea that, like, Julian has, you know, precise Starfleet training, and Cisco's just kind of a yeah. brawler. Like, they have different styles, which you wouldn't think they'd bother with, but they did, and I enjoy that. Yeah, I think we learn later that Cisco was also um, a wrestler at the Academy, so he's got some oh, okay. What else? Anything else? I don't know. Thoughts? Feelings? Opinions? Very depressing episode, because it does still feel a little too real in a lot of ways. Mm. More depressing the closer we get to 2024. I don't know. It gives me oh, hope yeah. for the time after 2024. Like now, I'm like, okay, oh. well, if I survive. Oh yeah, that was the other thing. I was gonna, I was gonna ask. Oh yeah, World War Three. So let's see. Oh. So let's see. So we've got the 90s were the eugenic eugenics wars. Yeah. 2024 is this big, big is the Bell riots. Yeah. World War Three must come after that. Before that, when's the post apocalyptic War- horror? World War Three is shortly before First Contact, which is the 20s. Yeah, it was in the 60s. I thought it was the 60s. 60s? I thought it was the 60s. Yeah, because I was thinking, oh, maybe, you know, maybe a young um, Zephram Cochran is watching these events on TV. He might be. That's true. Mm. Now that now that Brinner allowed them to put it on TV. Mm. April 5th, 2063 is First Contact yeah. Day. So, so. so it's probably like in the 2050s. I'll probably yeah. be dead before that anyway, yeah. you know, so accurate. Yeah, I also but wonder, like, how much how much the the history of Star Trek is in flux. Oh, that's mm. true. You know, just because we go back in time so much, who knows when things actually happen? Yeah. But also, Cochrane is in a fairly isolated part of Montana, so a lot of the post-apocalyptic horror could be happening elsewhere in the world, and he just happens to be in an area that has been that's true, like, happily the, untouched the by The instant it. of first contact isn't like, oh, now we're in space, now we're doing this yeah. and this. It's, it's going to take a while longer for, you know, and the, the way, to catch them up. Yeah, and Lily does talk about various factions and stuff, so you could have people running around in that weird, like, Q drug soldier outfit while the... Well, yeah, you know, I mean, I'm guessing, you know, in the middle hats. of Montana, there's no central government, but I'm sure in other parts, you know, more populous parts of the country, there's even if even if the U.S. government or whatever is not still around, there's certainly some local hope not. warlord guys that are consolidating power. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's realistic that both those things could coexist. If you ever watch the show um, Revolution, 
it's horrible, but it's a ter- terrible, terrible, terrible show, and and they have that. <laughs> then they just keep adding new like factions throughout the series. Mm. Oh, it's so bad. And they're all named. Oh, they're named so bad. So they have the country divided up into these different sections, and one of the sections is you know sort of the you know the Midwest out to the mountains, and it's called the Plains Nation. And they go there, and it's all like Native American shit for no reason. Oh no! Like they they. I don't With remember the name, much like, of Plains the show. Nation. That's what I assume. Well, it would yeah, be. but the premise of the show is it's present day, and society has collapsed. So. It makes no yeah. sense. Electricity stopped working, so society. It, it makes it makes no sense that the Native American population suddenly swelled right, exactly, and overtook as like the primary society yeah. in that region. It was it was just dumb. Anyway, sidetrack. A lot of. Things. I wonder if they were suggesting that because theoretically they have a tradition of living from the land, so they were trying to suggest that they took to it better. Maybe. No, nah, I think the writers Chakotay just being was the first like, president of the Plains Nation. I'd I'd have to Ugh. I'd have to rewatch it to uh, to remember, but I don't want to rewatch yeah, it. Yeah, I don't want to either. <laughs> no, that's fair. Fair enough. Get us out of here, Caitlin. Fly, what, what, fly, you what's fool. What's next week? Oh, I, I we're signing off. I'm done. I guess I so. Nobody else. It was a there. long pause, and we started talking about revolution. That's true. Let's get the hell out of here and be sad about this episode, and hopefully next week's will be more fun. Speaking well, of next week, next week we're going to discuss life support. And Heart of Stone on the program, so tune in for that. Uh, I'm sure you already know one place to find us, but we'll tell you all your options. If you like what you heard, you can subscribe to A Star to Steer Her By on SoundCloud, Google Play, Twitch, no, Twitcher? Twitter? Twitch. Twitch? What the fuck am I thinking Stitcher? of? No. Twitter? Stitcher. Oh. Is that I, don't know, I don't know how technology works. I think so. my brain just stopped. Let me try again. Thank you for joining us for A Star to Steer Her By. Uh, Next week, we're going to talk about life support and Heart of Stone. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, you can find us where all fine podcasts are sold. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on Facebook by uh, searching A Star to Steer Her By. We are SSHB Podcast on Twitter and Tumblr. And you can go to SSHBpodcast.com, which is our home on the web. But it's just our Tumblr. That's fine. We have cool articles. Read them. Oh, and Disagree, fanfics. but okay. Oh, fine, whatever. The fanfics uh, are good. The fanfics are good. I have been Caitlin. I have been Jake. This has been Chris. And this is always Ames. So You got two rules of acquisition this week. I have it. I have two. Do it. Whoa. Do it. The two-parter. Rule of acquisition number 111. Treat people in your debt like family. Exploit them. Mm. And rule number 217. You can't free a fish from water. Can't you, though? I've heard that. That's called killing them. Oh. If anyone can, it's Ben Sisko. Attica! 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 That's what the fish are saying. Yeah. Anybody hear what the Elon Musk called his kid? Did you hear about this? Oh my Kyle? God. No, Elon Musk just had a new baby. No, yeah, she knows, but people are suggesting that it's pronounced Kyle. Oh, what? Who said that? The internet. The internet. <laughs> Who? Elon did it, did, Musk. Did Elon Musk okay. come out and say how it's pronounced? I neither Who know nor care. Who's listening to him? He's a fucking, fucking moron.
he's a fuck like that that is the ultimate white person naming their child bullshit. Apparently the state of California says they can't have it named that. Good. God, I hate Elon Musk. He's, he's such a piece worst. of shit. Anyway, Ames, you keep trying to I keep trying to not talk about what, bullshit. What else is new? Poor Ames. <laughs>